listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. a day in which we've got the Browns in primetime coming up later on tonight. We've got a plethora of games to look back on in week 14 in the NFL. But what is the Vegas lead here on this Monday? I think if we are talking aftermath, meaning what is different now that it's happened, it's got to be the Steelers game. And we always balance two takeaways from the events that's happened. Number one, is what did we learn from it? But then there's a number two, which is what are the real-world mathematical realities of the result? Sometimes a team wins a game they shouldn't win, and you might think, oh, yeah, but they're really not that good. But if that game's the Super Bowl, maybe you could make the case the 49ers should have won that Super Bowl. You know what? They're never going to win that Super Bowl. And you know what? Kansas City will always have won it. Sometimes luck... Quirks, it doesn't matter. It matter. It doesn't matter that it's quirky. It matters because it happened. Pittsburgh losing. We can talk a lot about why, but it matters that it happened. Less than a 5% chance now they're going to get the bye. And uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who started the season 11-0, and have now lost two straight. The latest last night in Buffalo to the Bills, 26, 26-15 was the final there on Sunday Night Football. So, Fez, I have a different takeaway than most, I think, in this game. So let's start. We're going to let you represent the common opinion. I'm guessing. Maybe you'll surprise me. But let's lay the create the context of what the commoners are saying about the game. Oh, what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know what everyone else is saying. I do think Wait, it's... You don't listen to other shows? Not today. Let's do my work. You don't care about what anyone else has to say, nope, huh? Nope, not today. Wow, there you go. How'd your seven picks do? Four and three. Oh, somehow I sensed that you did well there. Go ahead. <laughs> so, I'm going to... Four and three. I'm okay. not going to dock the Steelers for this game because I really think it was all about the fatigue that they were bringing carrying into the game. Third game in 11 days. And this is the second straight game. We saw the Steelers, frankly, play very well in the first half. For most of the first half, I think they outplayed Buffalo, had the lead 7-3, to and then just ran out of gas. Buffalo was the fresher team, pulled away, and Buffalo was much better second half. Okay, so what have you done in your power rankings? I upgraded Buffalo half a point. I left Pittsburgh where they are, did not make an adjustment for the Steelers. I think that's fair. In, in Buffalo, you upgraded a half a point? Yes. I think that's fair. Jonas, what was your takeaway? I look at the Steelers, and I know people are ready to panic and say, well, you know, they're just not the team that everyone thought they were. They were fraudulent. 
I still need to see them on a normal schedule before I come away with any big picture takeaways. I got to see them with a normal week in a normal routine. I feel like they've been kind of thrown all over the place the past few weeks, and I'm just not ready to throw them out and call them pretenders yet. I think that's fair. I think there's some savvy takes here. Uh, the the practical reality is Pittsburgh could win out, finish 14-2, and two, and still, based on 538's projections, only have a 15% chance to get the number one seed. 15% chance, even if they win out. 14-2. and two. Jonas, I don't want to blame you for this, but this was exactly the scenario that I talked about that you could have. Wouldn't it be great if Pittsburgh and KC were battling for one and two, but there was a battle for Buffalo trying to reach Pittsburgh for two, maybe? It doesn't matter. There's only You like the idea there's only one bye. I think it just bunches up a bunch of mediocre teams with an elite team, and you're, in a way, devaluing the regular season. What do you have to say for yourself? I liked the extra playoff team. I wasn't as enamored with, the, with losing a bye week. That, that, in essence, a team would be punished in this very scenario, finishing with the same record, but it's, no, it's for not, and they've got to play more games because they finished tied and we've taken away a bye week. So I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of that. I this is going to sound like a hot take, but cold cash over hot takes always here on Straight Out of Vegas. I believe that Pittsburgh's defense needs to be upgraded from this game, upgraded, and that might seem a little wacky, but considering one the fatigue factor, and in the first half. Pittsburgh was outstanding. Now remember, Fez, what is the t- even for the game they were pretty good on defense. Now I'm talking defense. Offense we'll get to in a second. Average play in the NFL gains how much? 5.6 yards. Buffalo was held to 4.7 yards per play. So about a yard less every time they snapped the ball than a typical team. Buffalo, though, the last six games, every game has been over. Five and a half yards. Mm. So, this is a team that for six straight games was above average gaining yards per snap. And you want to do per snap because it takes out the pace of the game. It's how well do you do when you snap the football on offense. Six straight games, Buffalo over the NFL average. Pittsburgh, even with the fatigue, under the average. And Pittsburgh did so much better in that first half. Yeah, absolutely. And you could even see Buffalo was frustrated on offense, really couldn't get anything going. And what turned the tide at the end of the half, Big Ben throwing that pick six, you could just see Buffalo in that second half once they had the lead. And then they, but they could... didn't play that well in the second half either with offense. Yeah, it was just workmanlike. So, so you, I agree. That's what I'm saying. So I know you got your narrative, but let's let the facts lead the way here, which is that the Buffalo offense was below average the entire game. The Pittsburgh defense was dominating, you could say, in the first half. Fatigue sets in. Now, why would there be fatigue? It's because we've never seen a team ever that I can recall this late in the season without a bye. When has it ever happened? They did not, the Steelers did not have a bye the week they didn't play Tennessee. They practiced the entire week. A bye is about, yeah, they, they didn't play an extra game. But that I think not playing the game is less than half the value of a buy. Agreed. There's the mental break. There's all of it. They didn't have any of it. And now 
the odds are slim, less than 5%. They will get a buy. Because of Jonas and his crowd, they're going to have. I think there's health at stake here. And I think it really almost makes minuscule the chance that Pittsburgh can win the Super Bowl. And I believe this team could have won the Super Bowl. Now, I know it's COVID, and I know that the NFL isn't trying to hurt Pittsburgh. But the scheduling has hurt Pittsburgh. You guys have talked about in the past how you can look ahead to a line. If you anticipate something is going to happen, that's where you can take advantage. Based on where they're at right now, the likelihood of them getting that buy is not not very high, as you pointed out. So wouldn't you almost guarantee they're going to rest starters in Week 17? For sure. They're going to be the team for sure that rests starters in Week 17. Mm. Well, first off, there's a chance. I don't know what, who plays whom. Or I don't know what time the games are on Week 17, but it's very possible Kansas City. And what the NFL has done is, in these last weeks, especially Week 17, has scheduled teams that have contingencies at the same time because it may be a situation where Kansas City, if they win a fairly easy game – they got it locked up. But if they lose and Pittsburgh wins, and if Kansas City played first, it would make sense if they won, Pittsburgh would rest. NFL is probably going to have them playing concurrently, so they can't do that. Not to mention, Pittsburgh Week 17 finishes at Cleveland. Which, again, that may or may not be important. Yeah, it's possible Cleveland could still win the division now. Possible. Yeah, it's possible Pittsburgh could be the number 1 seed. What do you think the chances of Cleveland winning the division are? I'd say like 10%. And you're just randomly guessing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So, oh, God, Fez. Pittsburgh's chance to win the division is 90.5. You know this guy. Let's give him credit. That's based on 538. So, not likely. It's right around about the same as Pittsburgh. But think about that. The Browns beating the Steelers for the division title is doubly likely compared to Pittsburgh getting the number one seed. Now, you might say they're only one game behind, but obviously tiebreakers are going to fall again. It looks like it would fall against Pittsburgh, especially if Kansas City loses to New Orleans, meaning that if they lose to somebody else, Pittsburgh would benefit because of their two losses, one would be in the NFC. That's the first tiebreaker, AFC, or if you don't play head-to-head, is AFC or, or conference record. In the first half, I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas, the Steelers... Allowed three points. Yards per play, 3.6 yards per play. I mean, Fez, how often does a team hold a team to 3.6 yards per play? Maybe one out of eight times. Oh, it's not that many. McKenzie, pull up the super sheet, sort by yards per play for a game, and tell me what percentage of games this year a team has held to 3.6 or less. It's less than one out of 15. I'm going to double what you're saying. We'll see in a second. Because we got the data. You know, like in the $6 million man, we have the technology. <laughs> we got the data. Pittsburgh, and you look at that performance against a Buffalo team, where would you rank their offense? Oh, top five. All right. So yeah. an elite offense at home. Pittsburgh's fatigued like no one's business. And then they have cluster injuries at linebacker. We're not just talking about Devin Bush and everyone knows he's been out. Splaline, I think is how you say his name. Uh, A backup linebacker you wouldn't really worry about important. Vince Williams on the COVID list. 
This was literally they were trying out inside linebackers against a team, quite frankly, with a running quarterback that does that's not afraid to throw to backs, not afraid to throw over the middle. It was I actually really liked Buffalo in the game. Pittsburgh far exceeded my expectations on defense. Far exceeded. Only 4% of teams. Wow. This just in. Only 4% of teams. Thank you, McKenzie. Pregame.com are held to 3.6 yards per play or less. That's one out of 25, That's Steve. pretty amazing. Even the announcers were trying to find a reason Buffalo was struggling. They're like, you know, the weather's not perfect. There's a little rain here. And then they said, you know what, but it's a pretty darn nice day in December in Buffalo, all things being equal. So they couldn't explain why Buffalo was struggling so much. This defense is underrated. Forget getting back guys out for the year. They get back their normal crowd with a decent rest. This is probably the best defense in the NFL. The flip side is the offense is horrendous. The worst quarterback efficiency-wise in the entire NFL last week was Big Ben. And I don't know the reason. Because fatigue isn't the issue with a quarterback. And to me, yeah, the schedule makes it very hard for Pittsburgh to win the Super Bowl. I think that Big Ben makes it almost impossible. And you got to wonder, does any of this get better? Meaning the rest of the year? Probably not. But let me think, Big Ben, one year older, is that the answer? Is that going to make things better? No. So, in a way, we can make some money, potentially, from Pittsburgh. And I'm going to be looking, as soon as they're rested and healthier at linebacker, middle line, you know, internal linebacker is the key, not outside. I'm going to be looking towards the unders. Now, I'm not sure when that's going to be, because to some degree... When you're, when you're high up on adrenaline and such, and then you finally get a decent rest, you can be more tired. It's almost like you finally uh. crash. So, I don't know if it's next week or the week after, but don't sell short this Steelers defense. And the offense, Ah, it's below average. Final word, Jonas. Yeah, they can't run the ball. They're, they're second to last in the league running the football. And when you have an older quarterback, why is Phillip Rivers, you know, why did that work yesterday against the Raiders? An older quarterback, because they could run the ball. They had they had and the option to take the pressure off Phillip Rivers. Roethlisberger sits back there, and there's times to where he looks jittery, almost like the body starting to feel the wear and tear of all these years of hits. And if you're not going to give him any sort of help in the run game, I just don't know what, what the ceiling is for this team. I don't think they can give them help in the run yeah. game. They, I mean, they have a, a effectively a decent running back that's been hurt. The O-line's gotten older. It can still pass block very well. It's, it's the best. If you look at Football Outsiders, Steelers have the best pl- pass blocking O-line in the NFL and the worst run line in the NFL. Best passing, worst running. I think it, I like, I don't want them to run. I just want Big Ben to be decent. If you if you can't run, you better be able to throw. I mean, this is, you know, this is simple logic here. I'm not really breaking ground and Pittsburgh throwing the ball. Jonas is right. They couldn't run. Throwing the ball. The the worst efficiency-wise quarterback in the NFL, Big Ben. Alex Smith was the second worst, Nick Mullins, Tua, Glennon, Daniel Jones limping around, Cam Newton, Haskins, Sam Darnold. Sam, mono Sam Darnold, better than Big Ben. 
These are the people that were better. Well, let me say it like this. I'll be sure. Everybody that took a snap at quarterback, more efficient than Big Ben. And I don't think fatigue is the reason. So you got the defense overperforming with a lot of excuses, legitimate excuses. The offense with not near as many. And one guy, Big Ben, who I love as a Steelers fan, has fallen so short. It's not knocked Pittsburgh out of the number one seed. So there's that consequence. I just don't know how this team even wins at home or road playing offense the way they are. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I tell you, this Tom Brady stuff, it's so fascinating. None of us like to see people get old because that means we're right behind or we're right there with him or whatever the, your relative age is. But it, that denial, you know, it's always that you see a quarterback or a Willie Mays back in the day or whomever that, you know, Larry Bird, one day they're just old. And you, it's the same person, but they don't play the same. And Brady, as much if not more than anyone, has staved that off. And to me, this year, if someone were debating, is Brady the fifth best quarterback, the sixth best quarterback, last year I would have laughed at him. This year, I think it's fair to say that that's a reasonable debate. The best old man quarterback ever, probably by more of a margin than he was the greatest generally. The GOAT is even greater old We're going to get into all the numbers behind that. It's a great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We promise to keep working extra hard to make this the best football season yet. You can listen on 225 plus Phoenix FSR stations. Just go to foxsportsradio.com. You can find out the one closest to you if you don't know. Right here in Las Vegas on the Strip, 58 degrees. The neon is pumping. So, RJ, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fresh off their Week 13 bye. Bounce back with a win yesterday at home. 26-14 was the final over the Minnesota Vikings, although they did get some help from the kicking game for Minnesota. Oh, Lord, the kicking game. So, Fez, let's start with Brady. You were a pessimist on Brady. I mean, you were so right about that darn Bears game. we got to try to bring up some other things, too. You were a real pessimist on Brady. You had him projected where starting the season? Number 19. Uh-huh. Now, where do you got him now? Number 9. That's better. <laughs> yes. So, what's happened? He continues to be able to make all the throws. 43 years old, and it's just amazing. Every other quarterback in the history of the NFL, all of a sudden, they couldn't throw that deep out pattern. They couldn't throw the deep ball, and Brady can still make all the throws that you would need from a top-tier NFL quarterback. So, there was one play with a Hail Mary you've been gibbering and jabbering about. Yeah, so end of the first half, and Tampa Bay's on their own 45, and they're like, well, there's no way Brady's going to be able to throw this in the end zone. He threw it seven yards deep in the end zone, winged it 60 yards. Uh, it's just incredible. 43 years old, lots of kale shakes. Somehow he has turned back Father Time another year. So, and, and it does, if you look at what's happened with the Patriots this year and Cam's limitations, or at least the offense's limitations, you look back in, in, in hindsight, it feels like Brady wasn't really old last year. And 
Yeah. The, the wisdom. I don't think he turned back time because that implies somehow he's he's more spry. He's more physically fit today. I don't think that's true. Do you have any indication of that? Oh no. Okay. So it, it really, and I, I'm not hearing this discussion. It's really not about will the Bucks win the Super Bowl. The odds are quite strong. What's the current Super Bowl odds on the Bucks? It's quite strong that they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Fourteen to one. So fourteen times or one out of fifteen or so, they're going to win the Super Bowl, and that's not counting all the vig the dastardly bookies are taking. So really, the true odds of them, let's think, twenty-one, about five percent. Yes. All right. So there's a ninety-five percent chance that Tom Brady wouldn't have won a Super Bowl with New England. I think we can say that safely, and the same with the Bucks. He probably had almost as you know less than a five percent chance with either. But Tom Brady's legacy should massively change because of how well he's playing. He is literally he has more wins, forty three or older at quarterback than all the rest of humanity combined from the history of the world. That counts literally Michelangelo. George Washington. Doesn't matter who you want to count. The Dalai Lama, version one through whatever. Brady has more wins than all of them combined, 43 or older. He has more yards than all of them combined. Like every stat, if it's Brady versus the world, Brady at the age of 43 or older has more. So he's not only getting stats, he's playing better than anyone has at his age. But if he would have played in New England, he probably would have looked worse than last year because he wouldn't have been as motivated. Or maybe, who knows, if he was extra. But at minimum, he's a year older. And we would have said, yep, he tried hard. He fought till he was about 42, and then he hit the wall. Now, there's literally a new uh, human limit that's been created. That he's shown at this age, you can do something that no one's ever done before. To me, Super Bowl would be amazing for him. But this is a big story regardless. What do you think, Jonas? Yeah, I think the Super Bowl's a little far-fetched at this point. Although the NFC, who knows, it, it's pretty up in the air when it comes to all the teams that are contending. I just think if our expectations, it depends on what people's expectations were coming into the year. If you expected Brady to come out with these new weapons and look like they did in 07 with Randy Moss and Wes Welker, then you clearly haven't been watching Brady play the past couple of years. I mean, that offense... Yeah, but even against Philly, though, Brady was as good as any quarterback's ever walked the earth, right? Yeah, yeah, but the year after against the Rams, I mean, that was all built on the run game. That was Sony Michelle. He made some clutch throws in the AFC title game against the Chiefs, but they really ground, uh, went on that Chiefs defense and wore him down late, and they didn't give him an opportunity to get the ball back. The Super Bowl against the Rams all of last year, if you look at the special teams and the defense that was really carrying the team for a majority of the year, I just didn't expect that this was going to be this explosive offense, but I'm feeling like a lot of people did and just assumed if you add all these pieces around him, all of a sudden he's going to turn back 10 years in age. Very well said. That's Jonas Knox. I'm RJ Bell. This following distinction dictates the conversation about Brady. If you act like he's not 43, that he's just another quarterback, you could make the case it's been a slightly disappointing year. He has had some significant interceptions. He's had some struggles at night after his nap time and you know gets a little logy at the end of the day. And you could be critical of those if you're comparing him to the greatest of all time. 
if you just say for an old quarterback, for a quarterback that in every other case, they're pretty much done or they're limping, he is in a different planet and he's one of the 10 best quarterbacks still on this earth. It's an amazing accomplishment. And uh, I haven't, I'm a Steelers fan, so I haven't always loved Brady, but you got to appreciate him. And Big Ben, it's not like that. I mean, in the last six games, he's had five, well, actually, he's had six interceptions in the last five games. And he had gone prior to that, he had like one interception or one game with an interception out of six. So, like six games in a row, five of them, no interceptions. One of them, and he had three, but still, okay. And then since then, it's been more interceptions than games played with two of them, one a pick six last night against the Bills. So Big Ben going one way, and he's much younger than, like five years younger than Brady. Brady's staying, maintaining. And I would also say that he's, as of right now, he's the best quarterback in his division. We don't know what Drew Brees is. I think he's better than Taysom Hill. He's better than Teddy Bridgewater. Matt Ryan has not been good. Matt Ryan's eight years younger and looks older than Tom Brady. So, like, we can say all we want. I mean, what he's doing at his age is really, really impressive. No doubt about it. No doubt. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Any closing thoughts on the, uh, I mean, Minnesota, it's interesting. Cousins gets a lot of heat. He wasn't the problem. The irony is Minnesota's defense had been playing better than the offense. And defense played okay. Offense played okay. I mean, Minnesota played a decent game. Dan Bailey had 10 lost points of misses, and he missed three kicks the week before. The irony is, entering yesterday, Dan Bailey was the seventh most accurate kicker in the history of the world. Now, again, kicking's getting better. So usually the guys today are even better than, you know, let's say Gary Anderson or you know, Tom Dempsey and George Blanda. There's another kicker. <laughs> the best of them back then. I mean, you probably grew up loving Lou the Toe Groza, right, Fez? Right, right? <laughs> trying to think who he was. You know, you grew up in Dayton, Ohio, in the in the 70s. You don't know Lou the Toe Groza? I don't. Oh my gosh, you got to do some research. <laughs> you should have known all about that. But Fez was a different breed. It was he knew the Dungeons and Dragons. Let's just say that you knew like all the spec. Like it was like, hey guys, they're coming out with a double dragon or something, right? I got the 20 side die and the 18. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you even admit it. That's what we appreciate. But still, to be one of the best kickers in the history of the world, if you ever wonder, is there a psychology to this? Is there a mental side? Don't wonder. Kickers, I mean, Vanderjack from the Colts yeah. was one of the best kickers ever. He missed one kick against Pittsburgh the year they beat uh, in a very well officiated game, Seattle, in Super Bowl 40. And he never really was a de- even a decent kicker ever again in the rest of his life because he missed one kick because Bettis put the Jerome Bettis put the hex on him. 